Time to talk Lion Hoops. This is Inside Southeastern Basketball with David Keyford. We take you out now to Rainbow Daiquiris. And we are live from Rainbow Daiquiris in beautiful Hammond, America. This is Inside Southeastern Basketball with head coach David Kiefer. And good evening, everybody. I'm Mark Willoughby. I'll be your host for this evening and each and every Tuesday night as we are right here at Rainbow Daiquiris for Inside Southeastern Basketball with David Kiefer. We take a look at inside look at all the happenings within the Southeastern basketball program. If you'd like to join us live or wind down after a long work day, come on by Rainbow Daiquiris, located at 14384 West Thomas Street, just down from Walmart and across from Rouse's. We'll step away real quickly, and uh, when we come back, we'll be joined by the man of the hour, Southeastern head basketball coach David Kiefer. You're listening to Inside Southeastern Basketball on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Rainbow Daiquiris is a proud location sponsor of the David Keeper Radio Show and this broadcast on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Rainbow Daiquiris has been serving the Hammond area since 1984. Located at 14384 West Thomas Street in Hammond, Rainbow Daiquiris offers a variety of daiquiris and beer plus pool tables. With late hours, Rainbow Daiquiris is proud to support Lion Athletics and this broadcast on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for providing the facilities to meet my health and nutritional needs in order for me to be the best student athlete I can be. For making game day experiences go from ordinary to extraordinary. For allowing me to meet new people and build lifelong friendships while competing at the school I love. For giving me the resources to pursue my degree and the ability to excel in the classroom. For helping me look my best as I compete and achieve my goals. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Lion Nation, for your support. You help make a difference in the daily lives of more than 300 student-athletes wearing Southeastern green and gold. We couldn't do it without you. Your favorite coaches club is available through the Lion Athletics Association by phone at area code 985-549-5091. Also available online at www.lionup.com. For everything about Southeastern athletics, including schedules, live game coverage, and stats, visit lionsports.net. back we are live we are at rainbow daiquiris we are in hammond america and we have the head coach david Kiefer joining us here uh at rainbow daiquiris and uh, come on by if you're driving around come and join us got plenty of room got games on tv we got our man reed behind the bar and again serving up all those frozen concoctions that will help you hang on dr damon sunday is uh well you're a big parrot head aren't you no doubt but uh, uh we we're back we got david Kiefer with us coach um a big win last night. We'll get into that a little bit later. But I know you guys had a, you know, you go on the road and you play at two tough opponents, Lamar, uh, back on Saturday and a much improved Lamar team. We'll talk about yeah. that one. But then you come back last night with a big win. Just talk about the road trip going one and one, getting back home. Yeah, you know, you uh, again, I think it was the same kind of tone last week when you spoke. You love to see your team's response after a tough one. You know, I thought um, obviously, um, you know, no knock for commerce, but you know their seasons have been, been going the same way as Lamar's. And Lamar's Lamar's a really good basketball team. I think at the end of the season they're going to be sitting, seeing there uh, as top three of the team in the conference, I believe, because they just um, ha a lot of returners, as you know, in in our conference, when you have returners that that, that helps. But the the emergence of of Hamilton, who didn't play uh, in conference play last year, the spark that he brings, and then just the toughness and experience of those 
the guards and leadership of Chris Pryor and they just they just gotten a, a lot better. Um, they guard you and they and they really score the basketball. You know they they lead the conference in scoring. So um, obviously uh, there was just a couple of runs in that game that I wish we could get back. But I thought for the for the most part we we, we battled with them. You know there's just just a, a, a couple of runs and that's kind of been the M over our season. I think we kind of that we can kind of show that we can play with anybody. But at the same time we've we've let up and let everybody play with us and and um, we can't allow certain runs to happen in games and. Lamar had a one in the first one half and one in the second half that kind of just determined the outcome of that game. And again, we're going to dive more into it here here in a moment. But, you know, Beaumont's always a tough place to play historically, has been. I know they've been down some in recent years. But, you know, when they get it cranked up, it's they always have had a good atmosphere, nice gym to play in, Beaumont. And oh yeah. uh, Again, it's always tough to play on the road. Oh, yeah, it's cranked up like this this mute, this this sound. As soon as you came in uh, on Rainbow Dacker here, this, this, this volume's cranked up in the in Dacker <laughs> shop here. Uh, <laughs> No, it, it it had a good atmosphere. You know, the last couple of years they've they've really struggled. But Coach Brooks has got his team a little bit better every single year. The crowd was into it. They had a lot of fans. You know, the bands always wears you out from the top over there. The constructor, they're yelling at you the entire time, talking about my bald head and <laughs> all the whole game. But um, we're able to just try try to have tunnel vision. You know, and um, I thought our guys, you know, for the most part handled you know some of the adversity on the road. But it's conference play. Road wins are tough to come by. So. Um, we're, we're able to get through and able to get one this week. This, this week. And you talk about Lamar. They're 6-2 and two in conference play and 12-9 and nine and uh, certainly headed in the right direction. You take a look real quickly at the conference standings as uh, we'll dive into it. McNeese coming up this weekend. Uh, seem to be running away with things. They're 8-0, and 19-2 overall, and they just continue to, to be a juggernaut. A&M Corpus Christi last year's defending champion, 6-2, and 13-8 uh, and eight overall. There's Lamar. Nickel State just – continues to find ways to win. They've won several overtime games yeah. that have gone their way. That's not a, a typical stat, but uh, they're continuing to keep pace at 5-2. and two. And then you're right there at 3-5 and five with, with HCU and Northwestern State. So, again, everything's still in front of you. Yeah, of course. You know, I, I think that that's the, the great thing is it, some of those teams that are sitting in front of you, you got a chance to go play all of them again to try to, try to get a split. You know, everything that you want the end of the day this 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 league is one and the NCAA tournament's one in the conference tournament you want to get the best seating at the end of the year um, you want to play your best basketball in February you want to play your best basketball in March um, I think we got to build off Monday night I think that's the best basketball game that we've put together in both sides of four this season um, so again to see that response saw saw flashes of it against Lamar but to see the entire thing put together against Houston Christian which everybody knows you know that's one of the hardest gyms to play at and especially in our conference they don't lose at home and if you know this this entire season they have they have not been held under 60 points at their home gym until last night yeah and and, and we, we just we kind of just put it all together and I think um, you know credit to our senior leaders and and throw Roger McFarland in that mix and even Brody Roberry but um, they're just coming together and, and, and um, having a great response from Lamar but yeah you know you want to be sitting in, in that mi middle middle area you got it We've talked about it, and you're not going to have the elephant in the room. You know, we've talked about it. The top four teams, nobody in the history of the Southern Conference has ever went to the NCAA tournament sitting outside the top four. You got to have, you got to have, uh, you got to have, a, you got to have a buy. You know, whether it's one buy or two buys. Saw Stephen F. Austin and Corpus Christi have won it from the four seat. That's that's been done. Um, but to win four games in four days is tough. You know, just right now we're playing a Saturday Monday game. Our guys' bodies are worn down. So when you're talking about playing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that's not happening. So we got to make sure that. We're you know we're stacking some wins and and getting ourselves in, in position where we can make sure that we got at least one buy going into the conference tournament. We'll dig in you know, quickly and, uh, and and put the Lamar game to bed. Let's talk a little bit about that ball game. Uh, pretty good first half. Got off to a good start. You were uh, kind of nip and tuck there. They like I said they had a run there in the first half. But you go into 
halftime is 34-34. Uh, you guys are right there on the road battling. It looked like you had a chance. But, again, uh, you know, the bench. You know, they're, I think they outscored you 34 like to 5. Or five or something yeah, like the bench. And, you know, and again, that's that depth that will wear you down in the second half. Yeah, that just, just disappointed and then challenged. Our, 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 you know, a lot of that's our new guys. You know, our, our, our core guys, our returners, our – our starters, and um, we rely a lot on those guys. You know that, you know, um, we rely on Roger McFarland and Nick Caldwell and and Roscoe and, and Brody. Those guys to play 30 plus minutes, and those guys to carry us. But it's sometimes, one of those guys is going to be in foul trouble. One of those guys can be hurt. One of those guys' night's going to be off. One of them may be in the doghouse. Who knows what what lies ahead? And you always got to be ready. So, um, and, and we had that talk. You know, it's disappointing. You know, the Lamar game. Um, just from from the group collectively, I didn't think that they. Uh, had a great opportunity to, you know, step in and prove uh, to, to earn some more minutes, step in and try to help win this basketball game. They, they didn't do that. And I thought Lamar's bench just brought way more energy and just made plays. You know, the really the play of the game was them subbing in Hamilton for the second half. He got I didn't play in the first half. And we're kind of like, okay, he's not going to play. He's their best player. You know, that kind of throws you off a little bit. But they, they have, you know, the way their style of play is different. So they're hard to deal with regardless. And then all of a sudden, um, we're kind of just doing wh what we want to do. You know, we made the big run in the first half. The second half, we're playing well enough, and he just enters in the game and it just gets 13 and seven and, and 13 minutes of play in the second half, and just really changed the entire outcome of the basketball game. You know, another thing I think that has victimized you a little bit, or a lot of it, I guess, and and some of the conference losses is just teams raining threes on you from the outside. Lamar didn't shoot a ton. They shot 22 of them. They make 11. Right. Um, you guys answer with eight. High volume, 27 shots, but again, they, they were just able to make some perimeter yeah, shots. Yeah, especially, um, you know, I think in the in the first half, I think they didn't shoot a ton in the second half. I think they were seven for 11 in the first half, and what they made like four for eight or something like that in the second half, or four for nine, whatever it might have been. But just you know, timely shots, and it seemed like every time that you're not you, you miss an assignment or don't do what you do every time, and that's what good basketball teams do at home, right? You know, they get their open shot, you make a mistake, they're gonna make you know they're gonna make you pay, and that's what they did. So. You know, all we got to use that as, as, as a teachable moment because, you know, what we're doing defensively, um, it's hard to prepare for. Um, nobody else in the really the country does kind of what we're doing. So um, it, it's it's hard to kind of prepare, prepare for. So all it does is just put more tools in our, in our bag to just be able to counter because it's a copycat league, right? When something works and people have success for it, and we know other teams are going to use it. So we just get to the film room. We learn. We get better. We try to make sure those things don't happen again to us. Well, despite the 10-point loss, you still had some individuals uh, step up. You know, Roger McFarland you know, didn't shoot a great percentage, but uh, 20 points, again, continues to give you great effort. 12 rebounds, another uh, solid double-double for McFarland. Uh, Nick Caldwell continues uh, you know, his steady play, 13 points, 5 rebounds. Brody Roberry really stepped up in this ball game, a double-double. He had two in a row this year. Yeah, and we needed him to. You know, Brody had been in a little bit of a slump. You know, I think it – little bit of, you know, confidence, didn't have the best the best to play. And, you know, I thought that he'd kind of been um, last couple of games before these two just kind of try and play to get fouled and kind of just not really playing the game slow, getting to his jump hook, um, and, and, and also being a little more tentative and looking to pass more. And um, I thought he did a great job of just burying guys at the rim, being a mauler that he is, and just um, getting the ball where he wanted to, demanding the ball, made right passes when he needed to make right passes, but just – he, he's the old, reliable, solid Brody that we all know him to be, and um, he, he got out of that two-game little funk that he was in. On a positive aspect, you out-rebound Lamar 40-30 to 30 in their gym, so that's uh, certainly a positive 
uh, aspect of this ball game. You shot well at the free throw line, 14 out of 15. That'll serve you well down the road. And, and uh, again, Roscoe Eastman continues to play well at 8.7 assists. Yeah, Roscoe is the he's he's the heartbeat of our team. You know, he's he's a he's a leader. He's 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 everything that you want on the, uh, from a point guard position. Um, and it's just you can really like the last couple of games. You can really me as a coach is exciting because this he, he's really thinking and playing exactly the way I want him to. And this is exact, you know, it, it's almost like he inserted my brain into his brain and he knows what to call. He knows the pace that needs to be played. He's getting the ball where, where it needs to go and he's playing with passion, fire, energy. Um, and he's just, man, he's fun to watch. And he's a tough little, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's. Amen to that, yeah. no doubt. Uh, t tough loss on the road, Southeastern, uh, as Lamar pulls away, <laughs> wins by 10. Uh, 74 to 64, we guys get those guys again back here in Hammond later in the season. And. I know you'll be looking forward to that. We'll go ahead and we'll step away. We'll take a brief time out. We'll come back. We'll get into Houston Christian, last night's big win, 22-point win on the road. When we come back, right here on Inside Southeastern Basketball with head coach David Kiefer on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. If you're having a tough time or thinking about suicide, you're not alone, and there's hope. VA's Veterans Crisis Line has responders to listen and help. Many are veterans or have veteran family members and friends, so they're prepared to address your challenges. Don't wait. Dial 988, then press 1. Crescent Bar, a proud sponsor of Southeastern Athletics on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network, has served Hammond and the surrounding areas since 1938. The Crescent Bar offers an assortment of beers, wines, and liquors, and features pool tables. The Crescent Bar is located in downtown Hammond at 110 West Thomas Street. The telephone number is area code 985-345-7636. The Crescent Bar, another proud sponsor of Southeastern Athletics on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. This is your captain. We are going to be experiencing some slight turbulence. Please fasten your... Oh, hold on. Just got a video of my cat. Imagine the pilot of an airplane was as confident as you are texting and driving. Seems kind of crazy when you put it like that. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. And welcome back. We are at Rainbow Daiquiris. We are live. We have the man, David Kiefer, with us. And we are on Inside Southeastern Basketball with head coach David Kiefer right here on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Uh, come by and see my man Reed behind the bar and hang out and watch all the games on TV. Got a good crowd on hand here tonight. And, Coach, uh, big win last night. And we uh, got that Lamar game out of the way. And, uh, of course, you guys, as you've done this year, you've answered the bell, came back with a lot of toughness last night against a team that, has been playing well, been scoring a lot of points, and yeah. especially in their gym. And for the second year in a row, you guys have gone in and really handled business. Yeah, we did. Really proud. Again, you talk about response. Our guys' response going, you know, after the Lamar game, a tough one on the road to travel. Sat Sunday, travel all day, going over to Houston, you know, and getting into our hotel, getting late night practice, not getting to sleep late. You know, it's, it's hard in those in-between days because you don't really – get to go live much and we did we did do some live stuff but it, it, you know it's such quick turnaround you don't 
you feel like you're never really fully prepared. You want to be able to go over all the details of everything that it takes to win, um, but you feel like you're never, you know, fully prepared. But at the end of the day, they got the same deals you got. So we 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 had a great preparation. I thought our guys were locked in. The guys, um, you know, there, there 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 hasn't been finger pointing and stuff this year. You know, which which is which you like. There's not guys dropping their shoulders, dropping their heads when you lose a game and. And and again, that goes to guys like Roscoe Eastman and, and, and Roger McFarland and Nick Caldwell and and, and and Alec Woodard and just doing the right thing. And and again, I always name some of these guys. One guy that I don't say much, and I thought he did a great, gave us great minutes last night, is Max Brackman. Yeah, um, that that guy in our locker room. People don't realize outside of outside of here because you kind of just you watch the game and you look at the stats. But what that guy brings to our program on a daily basis of just doing stuff right and um, just trying to get better every single day, bringing enthusiasm, energy, just being a great human being. <laughs> you know, um, that guy's he, he's one of the big leaders of our basketball team. And I thought he came in last, last game, you know, nine, ten seconds left. He takes the kid out of half court. Roscoe hits the, uh, the three in the second half, comes in, gets a block, gets a steal, gets a rebound. Just um, he did some things, and, I, and, and I'm real proud of him. I don't know if it was you or Coach Rowan had mentioned he, he said he wants to be the best screen setter yeah. in the country. That was my, my first year as a head coach. You know, we got a – Coach Lieberman knew somebody over in Germany or something, and they, this guy sent – it was a 10-second clip, and I had just got the job. And we had always talked about wanting to get a big and to get a clip, like a 10-second clip, and just Max, like, waves at the camera. He takes one dribble, jumps <laughs> about three inches and dunks it backwards. I'm like, okay, sign him. You know, yeah, we've never had anybody this big. And um, when he came over here, it just gives you goosebumps. So he, Usually those Europeans you think want to come over here, shoot threes, wants to dribble, not really bang. Um, but, you know, that first meeting he said, Coach, I want to be the best screener in the country. And it's like what an unselfish, tough thing to say. And to be that big, if I'm a guard, if I'm a point guard, like who wouldn't want to play with that guy? He's just going to run around and set screens. And you can see it when we play these other teams. As soon as he checks in the game, it, whatever press they're in, the guy guarding the ball is not worried about pressuring the ball. His head is on a swivel, and he's looking for the big fella because we know we're running one play, and it's to take your head off. <laughs> well, he certainly can do that. But uh, let's dive into this ball game last night. You guys <laughs> got off to a pretty good start. And then, again, they had that response. It seemed like I think they got out to a five-point lead in the first half at one point. But you guys really responded from that point on, took control of the game and never looked back and uh, led by nine, seven or nine or whatever, eight I think it was at halftime and, yeah. and pulled away for a 22-point win. But when you look at – you know, conference wins, and you always have one or two guys that you could look at and say, yeah, that guy could be the player of the game. But last night you had four guys that yeah. if you just in a vacuum said that guy was the player of the game, you'd buy it. And you had four. It's really hard to separate. But I thought Roscoe Eastman may have played his best game as a Southeastern Lion last night. He was able to knock down some open shots, but really saw the floor, got the ball to the, to the right guys, and, and uh, defended well, just two tur turnovers in the ball game assesses play. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, you you could, uh, the average fan that watches that game and sees Nick draining threes and Roger draining threes and getting the big dunks, those guys made huge splash plays for our team, I thought, and they got big numbers and, you know, just made tough shots. Roger was the same old Roger, played hard, played physical. But I thought at the end of the day, Rod Roscoe Eastman controlled and masterminded that entire basketball game. I thought he was – he he set this the pace of the game. He led our, our team in deflections and steals. He had four steals as, as well to add to the 13 points and 12 assists and only two turnovers. But he was just a pest defensively, and he just never, ever stops talking. 
He never stops talking the entire game. And again, you can see my brain starting to be transplanted into <laughs> his. And, and, and it's so much more comfortable as a coach when you know it's like, okay, my head is on the court and I, I can kind of back up a little bit and, and watch it in a different view. And he's just a, a relentless, tough little son of a gun. And he, he, uh, he, he was, to me, the player of the game. Again, those other guys, Brody, I thought, played extremely physical, had some really tough rebounds. But just from start to finish, Roscoe played fast when he needed to play fast. He slowed it down when he needed to slow it down. The two turnovers he had, I thought Nick should have finished his cut. And on, on one of them, he just kind of danced, and I can't even remember the other. I got picked because he won the game a minute to go, and we're up 22. He just kind of got too comfortable. And as you didn't know, the very next play, because one thing Roscoe's going to do, one of two things if you take the ball from him. If you take the ball from him, he's going to get it back faster than you, than you took it. Or there's going to be a shoulder or elbow come into your throat pretty quickly. And in the very next play, he just goes right at the guy, gets a foul, and the guy's grabbing his neck. And Roscoe's at the free throw line. Just He's just got a, a, an edginess, a grittiness about him, which, which we want our whole team to have. And um, I thought Roscoe, really proud of him, man, because he's just the best kid in the world. And he's the best family in the world. And he, he's, he's starting to, to really start to take over. And, I, and I'm biased, but I think he's the best point guard in our, in our conference. Well, he's leading the league in assists and uh, right. get, getting close to double figures and points. And, you know, again, he's only credited with four steals last night, but his hands were oh so man. active in the passing lane. He had so many deflected balls. Yeah. I don't know if you count those or not. But right. uh, Some of those that get deflected end up in somebody else's hand. They get, just, they get credit for a steal. We had 11 steals. I bet you seven or eight of them were his. No question about it. And, you know, again, I wanted to mention him first because I just thought he played well. And the, and the floor spacing I thought last night was as good as we've seen it. And I don't know if it's just HCU brings that out in you guys, but, I mean, it just, again, I think you've got to really be happy with how your team played, no question. Uh, Roger McFarlane, again, does Roger things, 20.7 rebounds. And, again, uh, Roscoe setting him up on a lot yeah. of those. I know there was a, like a 12-minute mark of the second half. There was a like a back-to-back -back run on yeah. fast breaks. That it was just really fun to watch. One was a slam dunk where he really had to elevate on the feed from Roscoe and then one where he – unselfishly right. gave it back to him for a yep. finish and yeah. uh, just and uh, really impressive. Uh, yeah, Roscoe, and, and we've, been, we've been preaching this because really the teams that I've always had here and the teams that we want to have here is we want to play fast. We want to score. Uh, this year's team is different, but there's times for us to run, and we can run, but we just have to be smart when we do run because we've gotten ourselves biased problems when we when we push the ball and we have live ball turnovers we can't have interceptions for touchdown you know i'm a huge tampa bay bucks fan as <laughs> most people know and my brother's a scout for the bucks so i always talk about roscoe about not being Jameis winston and being tom brady let's not turn the ball like he tries to thread the needle and hit the home run like we don't need that this isn't our team this year we're not trying to score 80 we're, we we want to keep this thing in the 50s and 60s and execute and be you know be smart but we can really run when we want to run this guy this team is is foundation is built on running you, and you saw it last night when nick caldwell's out running roger we can really but roscoe has got to be you know we're hitting singles in transition we're not hitting the home runs if it's there it's there if it's not we're great in the half court let's run and execute our stuff and he's really starting to take that in of course you just mentioned nick caldwell and on any night you could look up and say man this guy really carried the basketball team and probably offensively close to a perfect game as, as you can play it's 10 of 14 shooting four or four from three-point range and they weren't just uh, right just outside the line he had some bombs and uh, right. with some hands in his face two of two at the line five rebounds no turnovers uh, in the ball game had a block shot 26 points and again he just continues to elevate yeah he's, he's just a, such a mismatch problem you know and, and when Nick's n the, the biggest Nick's biggest uh, you know guy that stops him is himself you know and when Nick's 
just playing and not worrying about other things, man. Nick's Nick's so hard to deal with, and, and he can play on the perimeter. He can play inside. He beats you down the floor. He's got tremendous basketball IQ. He's a sneaky, unbelievable athlete. He makes toughness plays, um, and he's been consistently scoring the basketball. We've been challenging him to, to rebound the ball at a higher level and go block shots, which I thought he did last night. He was on the floor multiple times. He comes over and gets a couple more block shots, and I think they give him credit for it, but he had a couple big-time car crashes, which we call box, box shots. We call car crashes. He got a couple good car crashes. He got some good defensive rebounds, but really early in the game, he was really we he got us going offensively. I thought we did really good at getting stops, but what's great at getting stops if we're not going to go down the other end and score? Nick had quick early eight points, and we kept going to him, and he's, he answered the bell and was able to hit from the outside. He's able to drive. He's able to get to a shot, faking up and under, and get to the free throw line, which allowed us to get the bonus and shoot free throws as the game went along. And the other thing I, I noticed in this game, it just seemed like you guys were just a lot more decisive offensively. Like you, you really knew what you wanted to get into, and guys got their shot, and they knocked them down, and and of course, Birdie Roberry is another one that carried you a little bit early offensively. I think he had four points early right out of the shoot and uh, had, I think, eight points in the first uh, first half. But he finishes with, with 12 points, 13 rebounds. I think that's a career high for Brody. Yep. And that's back-to-back double-doubles, and you're starting to really see him grow. Yeah, Brody, Brody's, Brody's, you know, just he's worked so hard to get in the shape that he's gotten into. And um, he had a little bit of a rough start to conference play. But, you know, that, that's to be expected. You know, last year Brody was a freshman. You know, these teams didn't know who he was. We had some big-name guys on already on our team. You know, we had Boogie Anderson. We had Roger McFarland making all these plays. We already had Nick Caldwell. Even Matt Strange running around. And we had some guys, and Brody wasn't necessarily the big focal point last year. And, again, he was a freshman. And if you remember, go back to the Corpus Christi game, he gets a high ankle sprain, and he misses seven or eight games, and he puts on some more weights, and it kind of – gets him, you know, back going late. But we saw some really hot l- flashes in the non-conference play, you know, going at Vanderbilt and getting double-doubles. This year, you know, you lose some of those guys and we're playing a different style of play that's kind of more so catered to him. So teams are focusing on him. You know, people are watching more clips of him, what trying to take his ways his weaknesses. And this is where as a challenge is brought to you, you want to go from good to great. You want to be a better player. You got to keep getting counters. You got to keep getting better. You got to keep losing weight. You got to keep getting stronger. You got to keep watching film and just keep getting yourself better. And uh, I think Brody's been doing that. Brody's been coming in watching film. He's been staying active and shooting. And we keep challenging him to do more and keep doing that. And um, I think a guy like that's just going to continue to to have success. But I'm I'm not happy for him because I thought his confidence was down a little bit from a couple of games. And again, like I said, I thought he was trying to play to get fouled. And um, I thought this game he played it slow and. Um, and, and, and made really good decisions. And, you know, Houston Christian, we talked about the pace of the game. I think Houston Christian, w- we talked about it, will kind of let you run your offense. You know, the, the thing with Houston Christian, which you don't want to fall asleep into, is they kind of let you give you the early, the early shot. And if you can fight the temptation of taking the early one because you know you're going to get it late, drive the basketball, let's get the ball inside the paint, let's get to the free throw line because they're going to give you the early quick shot. And if you fall into sleep of that and get cur- early quick bad shots, now all of a sudden they're coming down getting it, you know, scoring the basketball. And you look up and it's kind of, you know, looking like a football score. All of a sudden at halftime, y- you got the ball seven minutes and they got it 25 minutes or, or whatever. Y- you want We want it to play where we have the ball most of the game. We're running and trying to execute half-court offense at our pace. And um, I think our guys did a really good job executing the game plan. We had a couple – you know, come down there and quick bad shots and turnovers. Luckily, I thought we sprinted back and they kind of turned it back over to us. Um, but for the most part, you're right. And, they, and that all that credit goes to Roscoe of managing the game and being Tom Brady, as we talked about. Of course, obviously, you guys played great defense again. 58 points, 29 points apiece in each half. And 
that was consistent carried over in the second half, and they were just never able to solve uh, the, the problem. But you know, the bench, the bench again, you know, just five points from the bench. But I thought you had good minutes. Uh, yeah. Avery Wilson came in, 14 good minutes. You know, just got after him uh, with his physicality. Did score three points in the ball game. Uh, you know, Canaville got in with six uh, pretty active minutes as well, and also uh, Cam Burton is you know, moving around. He, he's not able to find his range right. yet, but again, got him on the floor in a conference game back home, and and again, just enough to give you some rest, give your key players some rest to keep them fresh down the street. Yeah, I think that was more so the key. You said it right there. I thought that our, I thought our starters played so well that that those other guys just kind of came in and gave you know gave him a break and didn't mess everything up. But but really, the, the stats for Avery Wilson I thought were a little bit deceiving because I think early in the game when we did go through our little bit of a, a lull or we couldn't really score, I thought he gave us a spark. He only had three points, but he went one for four from the free throw line. But he 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 drew three fouls. Um, he was able to play off the ball screen. He scored the one time coming off the ball screen. He made the one free throw, but he was able to defensively. He got two big catch moves and steals and transition that led to points. And I thought he gave a, a real big spark for us in the first half and kind of was the reason I think that um, we took the lead. And, and also I thought, again, go back to Max Brackman, I thought his five minutes, again, he comes right in at the end of the first half, sets a great ball screen, and Roscoe hits the three to go up eight at halftime instead of five, which I thought was big. And he came in in the second half, and I don't know what the stats show, but I saw a block and a steal, and he just moved Maureen out of the paint. And um, that was an easy task because, you know, Dylan went in there and, and Canaville and he, and he battled. But Maring 6'10", 260, Dylan's 6'5", 215. And we saw that and we said, you know what, let's go give the big fella a look. And, and Max, you know, as big as Maring is, I you put big Max <laughs> out there and Maring looked like, you know, my son next to me. Of course, uh, Brody made him look kind of small, too, at right, times. But, right. but you know, talk about Maring. You know, he got, he got up eight shots. He made six of them. So mm -hmm. he, got, he got his points. But. He only shoots three free throws, and he only had two rebounds yeah. in the ball game. So you give him, uh, you know, 14 points, you know, six of eight shooting. You've done a, a pretty good job there. And, again, you were the executing the offensive end. So, by and large, you won that battle. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think I think eight of those points were in the first half, and I think four or six of them were against, again, Canaville in the post, just kind of burying with the rim. You could look at the one-on-one -on -one matchup and really even go back to last year. And I, and I think Brock Marion's a really good player. You're talking about all defensive selection, all conference last year, preseason, all conference this year. But if you look at the three times that we've played them, Brody Worldberry has, has really played extremely, extremely well on both ends of the floor, and he, d he did it again um, last night. You guys win points in the paint, <laughs> 42 to 30. That obviously jumps off the page, and uh, fast break points uh, as well. So you were able to run uh, and uh, score off turnovers. Uh, just a, a good game all the way around. The one guy we didn't mention, the starter, a uh, little bit of an off night offensively, and that's uh, Alec Woodard. But again, he still shows up on the defense. Yeah, end, and, and I think we said it last time. Damon liked it. There's, there's, there's lies, there's damn lies, <laughs> and there's statistics. <laughs> Alex Woodard. Sometimes statistics aren't going to look great, but man, he does everything for our team as far as just being the ultimate glue guy. If you need him to go out there and go six for ten like he did against McNeese and make shots, great. If you need him to go out there and just command the defense, point, talk, have great leadership in huddles, make the extra one more pass, you know, just make all the little toughness plays. He just he does so many things that just don't show up in the stat sheet. The UGG, the ultimate glue guy, Alec Woodard, and it's always good to have an Alec Woodard on your basketball team. We're gonna Lions win it. And uh, before we get to yep. before we get to this next break, and I and just and I haven't and I haven't done it enough, and I need to do it tonight. Next, we'll have Coach Rowan coming up to speak, and and a big turning point for this season. You know, go back about a month, going into the office, and Coach Rowan's kind of our defensive specialist, and 
with the way we're doing this defensive stuff. And I went to the office, I said, look, and I've never coached a game where we didn't play man, you know, and played every possession of what we're doing. I went to the office and I think Coach Rohn might have, you know, had to use the bathroom real quick when I told him <laughs> what we were going to do and how much we were going to lean on him. And he's taken over kind of this defense and he's just been a huge, huge, huge um, addition just to our program and obviously how important he is to me and just the reason kind of we've turned this thing around and um, just he, he's done a heck of a job. And we love talking to Coach Rohn, and we're going to get him up here right after this timeout. We're going to step away and take a break. Uh, Lions win at 80-58 to 58 in Houston last night to go one-on-one on the trip. We're going to take a break. We'll step away. We'll come back here at Rainbow Daiquiri's in downtown Hammond. You're listening to Inside Southeastern Basketball with David Kiefer on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. I'm a college athlete, but you don't know where I was born, if I was raised in the city or suburbs. You don't know the color of my skin, whether I'm big or small, who I love, or if I'm rich, poor, or somewhere in the middle. But the good news is, it doesn't matter. Because as a college athlete, the only thing that does matter is that I have the skill and the drive to succeed in school and sports. Visit NCAA.org slash opportunity to learn more. Menino's Pharmacy is a full-service retail pharmacy with specialties in compounding, IV therapy, hospice, and nursing home services. Menino's is a joint commission accredited pharmacy that offers personalized specialty medications and compounds, as well as medication synchronization and a variety of packaging options. Menino's Pharmacy accepts private insurance, Medicaid, and Medicare, and is located at 113 West Charles Street, Hammond, Louisiana, area code 7040. No matter what, people need what you bring them. But sometimes, a choice has to be made. You can make a safe one. Always expect the train. Know that trains can run on any track at any time in either direction. Understand that trains are faster and quieter than you think. You can stop track tragedies. Never try to beat a train. You are more important than your packages. See tracks? Think train. For more information, go to oli.org. We are back. We are live. We're at Rainbow Daiquiri's. We are on Inside Southeastern Basketball with head coach David Kiefer, but right now with assistant coach Kyle Rohn, who steps into the chair. And uh, Coach uh, Rohn, we always love talking to you on Inside Southeastern Basketball. Well, How you doing? It's an honor to be here. Appreciate it. And uh, uh, it's always exciting to be here at a great place and people that care about Southeastern Louisiana basketball and great people. So proud to be here. Uh, coach Kiefer was uh, – Talking up a little bit before the break about your um, uh, just getting these guys prepared defensively and all the things you do. And I've had a chance to be in meetings with you guys uh, a few years ago and watch you guys work. And I don't think people realize uh, sitting away from home, you come to the ball game, you watch, you turn on the TV. But uh, these guys are relentless. And I'm talking about attention to detail uh, unparalleled, uh, w getting guys prepared to play, having them in the right positions. And I know that's something – uh, you take pride in just, again, that detail, getting these guys ready to play. Well, obviously, uh, to start it off, I appreciate the words by Coach Kiefer, but but I have to deflect a lot. You know, obviously, uh, uh, you know, we're only as as, as, as good as our, our top can be, and uh, Coach does a tremendous job of um, in relationships and things he does, and obviously I, uh, he's done a great job of, of, of putting together some 
very good people in our program, and that's players and, and, and staff. And you can take me out of that. I would never probably consider myself a good person, but I, I try to be. But right. I'm not bragging on myself. But, but just that deflect a little bit. It's not me. We're all in it in together in a group and uh, uh, just the things that, that we do as, as a unit. Kind of, and, and, and we can't we can't ask our guys to be together if we're not together. And you know, uh, not one soul in our office has a, has a particular individual agenda. Everything is to try to uh, be as successful as we can on and off the floor. And th and, and and that's a credit to Coach Kiefer, just to kind of deflect from me any at all. But you know, just w what you said as 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 a group, just with our guys being able to to work each day, we put a lot of emphasis on relationships with our players and individual work, uh, uh, which is w what we say is a great time to be selfish. If that's the one time we can use that word in our program, and then, uh, you know, as that as, as, as each of us get together as, uh, or get better as, as players, then when we come together as a unit, we can kind of become better and better. And, that, and that's something that we, we that we try to do every day. And then obviously this time of year, it's, it's more what you're you're talking about and referring to in terms of game planning and trying to do the best we can to give our give our guys and, uh, uh, you know, the the, the best strategic plan we can to go to go win a game whatever's right before us yeah, let's talk about that strategic plan i know you guys have prided yourselves historically man-to-man -man defense uh, playing a certain style and and, and 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 the mark of any great staff is the ability to make an adjustment especially to the your team that you have on hand and your depth and uh, you guys have made adjustments during the season, and it's paid off for you. Just talk about some of those adjustments. You know, a couple of things you said in there that, that mean a lot, and, and I'll give Coach Kiefer this credit that, you know, we have to have enough uh, of, of belief in our philosophy to, to, to have, you know, that's, that's our stamp. That's our standard. That's what we do. But at the same time, and this is where Coach Kiefer is light years ahead of, ahead of myself, and I have no problem admitting that, in that I, I'm, I'm probably a little bit too stubborn and, and – uh, just as Coach was telling you that story he, uh, about us kind of maybe going a different route uh, uh, during the during the course of the season, uh, Coach has a unique ability to he, – he saw something within our team, uh, saw how we could be better, maybe something wasn't good enough. And not that he got away from our philosophy, because our philosophy still stands on, on trying to defend, rebound, make good decisions offensively. Um, but but it, was, it was just, some, you know, to not continue to be – just so ingrained in one thing that your your philosophical views allow you enough flexibility to change and and give us a chance to maybe make our team better and, th and that's what I give coach Kiefer a lot of credit for he did that yeah was I very very concerned was our some of our other people on our staff very very concerned yes but one of the positive things we can do is always communicate and agree to disagree and take the not that we never disagree, but, you know, we got hit slapped upside the head two days before we were playing a road game a, a really good Murray State game and you know, I honestly, my, a little bit about my background, Mark, I, I've, I've never been a part of a team, every coach I've worked for, including coach, I've never been a part of a team that for one minute played 40 minutes of zone, <laughs> never in my life. And so when that when that hit me, I, I, you know, you try to do the best you can with whatever poker face you can, you try to, you, you don't you don't bring problems to coach, you try to bring solutions. So the whole time my mind is just turning and, you know, I was thinking like, Coach, we're about to have one practice, get on a bus, bus to Murray, Kentucky, and and we're about to put this thing on public display uh, of of who we are as as a different kind of defensive team. And so I, I be honest with you, I was worried, 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 sick, and a little bit about me. I am I am stubborn. I'm very literal, and so I was I really really was struggling. And uh, you know, our, our, uh, and, and and goes back to what Coach does such a good job of of allowing us all to communicate. And what happened was as a staff. We, we never wandered from believing in that's what was best for our team. And 
and we all just dove in, regardless of some of the thoughts that were going through my mind of what might happen, could happen. We, we, we dove in, and I think our players felt that. I think, uh, you know, you can only be as good as what your belief system is, and, 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 they, and they believed because Coach believed, because we all believed. And, you know, it was, it was drastically different, but it, but it fits our personnel better. And uh, because of that, uh, a lot of credit in not being just so, so stubborn and so stuck to, you know, not giving our kids the best chance to, to win. So, you know, we, we, we have made some adjustments, uh, which, is, which has been positive. Now, obviously, we haven't won every one since then, but I, but I do think in the long run we're, we're continuing to grow as a team to be the best we can. And, and, and look, not just that day did we make changes. We continually make changes each day. That was kind of the major change, but within that major change, we're always still, you know, kind of tweaking the, tweaking the system just a little bit to continue to grow and get, get a little, little bit better to where teams have to kind of prepare for a little bit something different. And Coach mentioned early how it, it is a different type situation that it's not easy to kind of have that quick turnaround and prepare for. So, um, you know, we, we uh, our guys, I think, have just really, really believed in what uh, uh, we're doing, uh, believed in it in the sense of to make that change that makes us better. And, and that's that's a, a credit to, to them and a credit to how we – uh, you know, threw it out there to them, and it was received. Well, there's nothing uh, does more for belief in getting a win, especially when you make that change. And you beat Murray State on the road, a, a tough place to play, historically good program. So uh, you showed some results. And, again, it, it's been uneven. You 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 know, you beat UNO coming after that, and you had uh, those four tough lo conference losses in a row. You bounced back, beat Northwestern State. Then you kind of go even on the last road trip. But, thing I saw last night is it looks like you guys now have that versatility. You can kind of play different styles. You can match up, and and uh, it just looks like it's just really starting to become some confidence. And, again, uh, I thought last night, uh, you know, Co uh, Coach Kiefer on the last segment, a good segue uh, into the second half of the season. Absolutely. And, and you know, to, to venture into the what you just said about, you know, and, and as we kind of threw that out there and kind of became a new team, so to speak, or a new deal, you know, that – that doesn't mean that's when we lose those games. It was because of something systematically. You know, if you can get back to whatever defensive system you're in, there's some things that we could have changed in those losses that whatever we our philosophy would have been or whatever our game plan would have been that particular uh, time with, with, with some of our, uh, uh, whether whatever it may be, with our maybe it was our uh, approach uh, from, you know, from, from certain angles of things. Maybe our, you know, we didn't, we didn't rebound the ball as well. We, we kind of had maybe way too many turnovers and and, that, and that's really not a systematic deal so because of belief we we kept we kept we kept working kept working and, and becoming consistent with what we do while we while we made some changes and you know I think that gets to the point you said last night now we've got a little bit versatile to we're way different than the Murray State trip which is kind of the the turning point and kind of our our way of playing I guess is what we were using as a reference but we're di we're different last night at Houston Christian than we were there and and I think that's because of the growth, not only not only systematically of what we're doing that, that was implemented on the Murray trip, but also I think as as a team we're con we're continuing to grow. And and I think you saw that w that we and you guys have already referenced it. I think it was probably our two best halves that were put together, and in particular, you know, the way we responded uh, in the second half. You know, not only did we go into the first half with a lead, but but second half we kind of took control of the game by you know, some defensive stops and rebound that allowed us to kind of play in the open floor a little bit. And, uh, uh, you know, as you, as you mentioned already, our, our guard was able to kind of get a lot of looks for people with 13 assists. And we had some guys making shots, running the floor, finishing in transition, which obviously 
uh, takes a lot of pressure off the defensive end of basketball uh, when you're when you're when you're scoring it that way. So we, we have continued to grow and and, and continued and and have to continue to. Uh, uh, change as a team to maybe match what what's coming. We have to do that based on uh, our opponent, but also as we grow, learning each other uh, as a, as a team. I think we're going to continue to go and ho and hopefully from last night we can kind of take some big steps and, and learn some lessons from good. Well, the first half of your season uh, is in the ra under wraps. I mean, it's in the can, and uh, you guys go three and five. But again, uh, you know the positivity of last night. Uh, of course, you got a few days off before McNeese. Uh, comes to town there you know of course they're the hunted now you guys were picked to win the league coming in now uh, the team that is winning the league ain't no coming in but uh, you guys are playing your best basketball at the right time to get the second half of the season underway you know we do have to build on that and and, and obviously uh, uh, we can't take a step back because regardless of McNeese's record they're they're reminding their team of what they're coming into and we and we have to know that uh, we we can't get surprised by the what they're going to come in here, the effort they're going to come in here with, the, the, the style of basketball they're going to come in here with. I promise you it's been mentioned that we're going to the to the floor of the preseason number one, and our guys have to realize that when you when you pick that. Now, on the floor, they've, they've, they've done a great job this year. They've gotten off to a great start, as you mentioned. I, I do think, uh, based on uh, our first game at McNeese, I think our, our players have some confidence of what we can do. We were much better the second half than we were the first half. And you know we were we were you know within a possession of uh, you know having having that game tied or e even even being ahead uh, with with lots of minute on the clock at, at times during that game. So I think that allows our guys to have some confidence. That was early in the league in the league season. Uh, we've we've grown a lot. We've went through some ups. We've been through some downs. And sometimes you learn as much uh, in some down times as you do. At the top, and I think that's one of the things we we've got right now is we we've been through some struggles. We learned, we, we're, you know, it's time for us to kind of climb out and 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 be strong now. Where maybe they haven't had as much adversity because they have won every game. And I think that's what we've got to we've got to uh, build upon is we've got some things we got to learn. Maybe you know maybe they come in a little bit a little bit uh, uh, with maybe some band aids on some things that could could go wrong. They they they've. They're eight and zero, but they've had several chances to maybe have some blemishes on that record, and uh, that's, that's it's a chance for us to be that that first one. Well, more importantly, you know, this is a, a huge game. I mean, it, it, for the University Center for Southeastern, uh, when's the last time you've had a eight and zero, nineteen and two team coming into conference opponent? No SFA in years past have, have had those kind of runs, but you know, this is a chance for our fan base, for our, our student body, to come out and really support this basketball team. Talk about that. Uh, exactly. And one other thing, uh, you, you built it up a little bit, and I'm going to add one thing, the nation's longest winning streak. That's exactly to, to, right. Yeah. To add to those three things that you just said, and then to parlay it into how, how much uh, in college basketball, how much a home court environment means. And I, th I think it's the one sport where it can really, really – have so much impact on winning and losing at home is is the is the, the the support and the atmosphere that you have in the arena. So if we if we uh, you know I, I think our people will really respond if we if we have a really really big big crowd Saturday. I think it'll be uh, you know a great event. Uh, should be should be two two good basketball teams battling and obviously uh, we're we're the ones that want to come out on top. Coach, anything else you want to share with us uh, before we head to our next break? No, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wide open, Mark. Just very appreciative, and obviously, the, the, of being a part of this this program, it's it's huge. It's impacted my life just to get a chance to 
be around these guys and people we have and the people in the city and community. So I'm, I'm just super excited to be part of it. Uh, you've been a big part of it over the years, and uh, we appreciate all you do for Southeastern basketball, and we'll have you on next week. Thank you. Kyle Rohn, assistant basketball coach here at Southeastern. We'll step away. We'll come back with our final thoughts as Coach Keeper steps back in the chair. You're listening to Inside Southeastern Basketball on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Back after this time. Rainbow Daiquiri's is the proud location sponsor of the David Keeper Radio Show and they're broadcasting the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Rainbow Daiquiri's has been serving the Hammond area since 1984. Located at 14384 West Thomas Street in Hammond, Rainbow Daiquiri's offers a variety of daiquiris and beers plus pool tables. With late hours, Rainbow Daiquiri's is proud to support Lion Athletics and this broadcast on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for providing the facilities to meet my health and nutritional needs in order for me to be the best student athlete I can be. For making game day experience go from ordinary to extraordinary. For allowing me to meet these people and build lifelong friendships while competing at the school I love. For giving me the resources to pursue my degree and the ability to excel in the classroom. For helping me look my best as I compete and achieve my goals. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Lion Nation, for your support. You help make a difference in the daily lives of more than 300 student-athletes wearing Southeastern green and gold. We couldn't do it without you. Your favorite coaches club is available through the Lion Athletics Association by phone at area code 985-549-5091. Also available online at www.lionup.com. For everything about Southeastern Athletics, including schedules, live game coverage, and stats, visit lionsports.net. The hour has flown by here at Inside Southeastern Basketball with David Kiefer. We're live at Rainbow Daiquiri's in downtown Hammond, and uh, we are in our final segment as uh, the night's just flown by. Yeah, it's been it's been quick. Coach Rohn did a did, did, did a great job, my guy. He did a good 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 job. Always love talking to Coach <laughs> Rohn. He's uh, just just candid. He you know he he loves southeastern basketball. He loves basketball in general, and I know he lives and breathes it. And uh, he can coach some X's and O's and oh, develop right, yeah. players and and do all those things. And, and we're uh, just a good balance to each other. It couldn't be you know just a lot of similarities, of course, but also a lot of just complete differences. And I think we we both kind of balance each other out. And, yeah. And um. You, I, I, one thing that I know is I, I always try to surround myself with people that are smarter than I am. And uh, I know Coach Rohn never going to admit it, but <laughs> him and, and, and those those young two assistants I got, you know, they're not here either. But um, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have some really good assistants here. You know, you know Mark Wiedemann and Riley Conroy, Mike Randall last year and um, this year. Um, and, and I can't give Coach Rohn all the credit, and I know he would never want it, but um, Andrew Riley and, and Cody McCoy, the two new guys that we got, young, hungry junior college guys, those guys are studs. Those guys are studs. They're, they're extremely good basketball coaches. We talked about um, the, the new signing of um, and, and enrollment of D'Antoine Grimes, the Baylor transfer that Cody got, and, and what they're doing. And then we got another, another guy, Verbal Committee. We got a lot of things going on the recruiting trail, but what those guys are doing on the coaching uh, on the floor, those guys are. Those guys are, are hungry. Those guys those guys can be really good basketball coaches, and, and we got two two young steals um, in our program as coaches. And that's good. That's what it takes, yeah. you know, to to win in this league. And and the thing that impresses me, and I don't want to, you know, 
not the tootsie horn, but I will toot your horn, is uh, I've been involved in athletics my entire life, and it, it speaks volumes when a head coach is willing to listen to his assistants, make adjustments, make changes, uh, do, doesn't want yes men on his staff. Oh, no. I don't, I don't like it. You're not helping me if you're just going you know, just say whatever I want to. Absolutely. Like, I, I don't – not that I think I'm, I'm an idiot, but at the same time, I, 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 four heads are a lot better than one. I know that, and I, I always want opinion. And we, Like Coach Rohn said, we may not always agree, but when we leave the room, we're all on the same page. And I want them – we have arguments. We talk. We discuss. I want it to be like that. I want those guys – don't hold back and tell me, tell me what you think. I want to know what you think. And that's why we hired you. I want your opinion. I want, want to know what you think. And, and we can kind of tweak stuff. And um, if I think it's dumb, I mean, you know. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, but, I, but uh, you're right. I I think that we all treat each other well, and I think we all, you know, everything's based. Like I said, er, uh, at the end of the day, everything in our deal is based on relationships and respect for each other. And I think we all have great relationships and respect for each other, and we all work our butt off, and we all want one one thing to see is we seek to succeed in life, and be the best best versions of themselves, and and ultimately winning. You know, comes along with that. We think and. Uh, I'm lucky to have the staff that I do, and I think good leaders make sure they get people beneath them, not beneath them, but people that work with them, I should say, um, that are that are extremely hardworking, loyal, smart people, and that's what I got. And uh, I don't know if you're aware of how many times I've almost run over you and Coach Rohn in your golf cart driving oh yeah. back <laughs> and forth up Persian, but yeah. uh, so you guys do that a lot. But uh, but no, it's a, it's a great staff, and I know you guys get along well, and it, it shows in your team. I've had a chance to interview your players, and, and those guys, you know, regardless of the record, regardless of a losing streak, those kids play hard, they give effort, they trust what they're doing, and, and that, that, that tells me about a coaching staff and how the players buy in, and, and they have total buy-in in this program. Yeah, and um, again, back to just, you know, the, the core values of our program and have it trying to have a, a family atmosphere, I think, I think is important. You know, we, we want to – we tell these guys, and, and, I, and I truly mean it, I want to have a relationship with these guys when they're 40 years old. You know, I don't want this to be just basketball only. You know, um, I, we, we want to help, you know, help these guys. We want to be there for these guys. And, uh, you know, it, it makes things hard sometimes with the whole – the transfer portal and, and, and new rosters and new this and new that. But – I think we really try to do a good job. You know, we've seen all the guys that continue to return and come back here and having guys from three years, four years, five years, six years, and some of these guys. Um, I think that just goes to the, the credit to the staff and, and, and us, you know, genuinely caring about these guys and talking to these guys. And I, I give so much credit to those assistant coaches that do a lot more of the groundwork, the day-to-day -day stuff. But um, I think we just got a great group of guys, like you said, and you know they all want to win. And but at the end of the day, it's just a, a group of guys that the community would be proud of. They're great students, they're great people, um, and they're going to be future leaders in, in this country. I know you always got to go out and get more guys that want to win. I know we touched a little bit on recruiting last week with Grimes uh, transferring yeah. in, and I know you just mentioned briefly another young man who's committed. I know you can't talk about him, but uh, I've had a chance to, you know, I know a little bit about him. He's, he's going to impact the program, no question, but. Uh, real quickly on that, how many guys, uh, how many spots do you have available to bring in? What are you looking to? Ah, you know, that's always fluid. You know, well, it's, yeah, <laughs> the we, we have, yeah, it, it, well, you never know, the, uh, you know, what's best for these guys. When, when the season, when the season's end, you, you always want to meet with these guys. I, I try to get it over with quickly, right away, the week's over, and you just have an evaluation of how did it go, what you like, what you didn't like, and what's the best in the future. Sometimes it's a mutual agreement, like the best for your future may not be here because are you really going to be happy with this next year? And I try to be 
brutally honest with these guys, not to hurt their feelings, but I don't want them to be like, well, you told me this, right. and now you're doing this. No, this is not the case. This is what I see our program going. This is where I see how you fit. If you're okay with that, let's make it work. But if you're not going to be okay with that, let's figure this out now, and let's make sure, because I don't want you coming back to me six months later, because, well, Coach, you said this. Uh, I no, I, I didn't. So um, we, we, we get those meetings over with those quickly at the end of the year. Right now we have five seniors. Obviously, Carlos Perez tore his ACL. He has a decision to make, and whether or not he back. wants to continue to play a sixth year of college basketball. He also wants to get in the coaching world. He's a 3.9 student that's working on his master's. I really want him to just stay here and coach with us. He's an unbelievable leader and coach, and I think I would love to hire him as an assistant one day. He's that good. So I want him in our program, whether he's a player or a coach next year. It's kind of up to him to decide. But got those four other seniors. So four and a half, and then you never know You know what happens with the, with the portal. It, it, we've never been 100%, and almost nobody is 100%. So you'd stink at least five or six You know, at the end, at the end of the year. I and again, we got a couple minutes left, but real quickly, and I know there's probably not any one answer because you haven't been through it that much in this era. But how do you handle that? I mean, how, how do you you have to, in the past? You know, you got this many guys leaving, this many guys coming back. Usually, you may lose one or two that, that, that leave your program, and you, but you have a pretty good idea. But now, in today's world, you have no idea who's, no, you who's no on idea. your team. No, it's it stinks. It's really hard, but. They've helped it out a little bit. They, there's a there's a time limit now to where if you don't make a decision on going into the portal by this date, you can't go into the portal. Basically, if you want to transfer, you're gonna have to sit out the old sit out rule. So, they've helped with that aspect because it was just wide open to the fall. It's like, oh, hopefully this guy shows back up. Um, but, you know, yeah, it makes it hard because you know you got guys in our roster that have years left and you don't know. You know, sometimes you'll get a you know you get a couple guys' parents have called in and, and asked for applications for the housing for next year, so that helps out a little bit, especially when it's your good one. You're like, all right, yeah. we're good there. <laughs> um, but uh, you don't you don't know. So, you know, but I think ultimately all the time, our coaches, our assistant coach, we meet all the time and we talk all the time about players, about players and on the board. At the end of the day, the lifeblood of our program and, and everything that we do is not the coaches, the players. Players win basketball games, getting the right kids in here, good players that win games. So we always, we have the boards constantly filled in these guys' office. We've got high school guys, junior college guys, and just guys that might be in the portal now. Just there's names upon names. And once all those names are listed, once the season's over and the portal hits, there's going to be a whole new thing that head coach keeps. Oh, the new toy. Let me flash you over here. These guys have worked on somebody for three months, and all of a sudden the portal hits, and they've got somebody ready, and I'm just the new shiny object, object waves by, and I'm enamored with that one. So it, it makes it really difficult. And with what we're losing this year, we're going to have to sign a couple of starters. So we're going to have to go in the portal. We're going to have to sign Juco in high school. And we're going to cover all phases. Well, I do know the – you guys are really trying to step up and yep. upgrade the talent level on the basketball team. I do oh, know that. And we're not taking a step so. back. We're going to continue to be, be, be at the top of the conference. Well, that's going to do it here uh, for this week. It, boy, this hour really flown by. Great stuff with uh, Coach David Kiefer, Coach Kyle Rohn, Southeastern, back in action on Saturday. McNeese State comes to town. That is a, what, 4 o'clock tip? Or am I right? Uh, 3 o'clock, 3 3.30. 3 3.30 tip. Uh, right here on the network, and that's uh, it's going to be a big one, UIW on Monday night, and we'll talk about both of those games a week from tonight on Tuesday right here at Rainbow Daiquiri's on Inside Southeastern Basketball with head coach David Kiefer. We'll see you next week, everybody. Underwritten in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, we are KSLU, Hammond.